What? Oh, oh. Shout. One second, please. Hi, and thanks for listening to Designated Driver, the podcast about the work and mystique of Adam Driver. I'm Liz. I'm Malia. This is episode number 24. Whoa. It's going to be a double. It's a twofer this time. It's like a baker's dozen. Okay. There's the dozen yeah. is the main movie, and then there's that little extra. The dozen is marriage story, and the extra is, I can't say it, the- Myra Witts. Myra Witts. Okay, Myra Witts stories. Two Noah Baumbach Netflix movies. Marriage Story was the first big movie that Netflix made. Yeah, and it was lauded. Did well in the heyday of Netflix, which it seems to be- going down at this point. I say hats off to you, Netflix, because you lost those subscribers by shutting off in Russia. Their stock went down. Yeah, I saw that. Because they lost 200,000 subscribers and they project they're going to lose 2 million or something. But they lost 700,000 by shutting off in Russia. Someone buried the lead then because I saw all those articles, but I didn't see that part of it was because of shutting off in Russia. Yeah, kind of too bad they got dinged for that. I think they must have some kind of deal with Noah Bombach. Like, you can do anything you want if it's under a certain budget, probably just like that Polly Platt company she worked for. Do you remember in the podcast about her? And that's how she got Wes Anderson going. They decided you can do any movie if under $5 million or something. And that's how she got Bottle Rocket made? I think so. Yeah, that's how. I loved that podcast. You must remember this. The host's name, which I will remember in a minute, she has like a series-long arc about different aspects of the Hollywood film industry. And she did this whole series about Polly Platt, which we both really enjoyed. And this season, she's doing one about... 80s and 90s sexy movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. How sex is depicted. One of her theses is that Richard Gere is the thinking woman's himbo. That's interesting because I never thought he was very cute. Oh, yeah. I think he is. Not my type. I don't know. But he's short. I guess he was always like a silver fox. I love that. I don't go outside my age group. And then in the 80s, I probably would have liked teen cute. Michael J. Fox. Yeah, but he wasn't quite my type because I guess my type would have been a little... Well, he did ride a skateboard, but more of like a skater vibe, like Johnny Depp or something. Oh, yeah. Totally. More like 21 Jump Street, Johnny Depp. Yeah, not today. Horrible Johnny Depp. Mm -mm. Huge bummer. So how should we begin? Well, do we have any any news? news? Okay. Jinx. I have one thing. You know Wheat Germ? The The latest movie he's making? Noah Baumbach film? Yeah. I never see it referred to as wheat germ anymore. It's always called white noise now. Okay. I think they changed the name. I mean, wheat germ is a terrible title. It's like a joke title, which yeah. amuses me. Yes, me too. I think it's too. funny, but I think they're going to go with white noise. Not oatmeal? Oatmeal. I mean, that's even better. I hope that they just, you know, amongst themselves called it oatmeal. Yeah. It's a movie about Bert from Sesame Street. You know how he oh, loved oatmeal? he loves oatmeal. Yeah. That should be a movie. I'm sure it's in development right now. Probably. Bert's story. Okay, so what's the news item? That was it. Oh, that it's just called White Noise now? I think it's called White Noise now. What about your news item? I don't have a news item. Yeah, I think uh, Adam Driver is kind of on holiday. Good for him. Yeah, he's not doing a lot. I mentioned earlier when we were chatting that I started watching Station Eleven, and I thought the lead in that looks a little bit like Joanne Tucker. 
Mm. Adam Driver's wife. Mm -hmm. But it just makes me wonder about her career because she went to Juilliard with Adam, but she's not really a huge superstar. No. Maybe it's fine. She runs their nonprofit. Okay. But yes, is she Nicole? Yeah. It's kind of what I'm wondering. Maybe we should get into it. Yeah. Do you want to do a little summary? Sure. Is it my turn? I can do it. You're you're very good at it. Oh, go for it. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) So this film is principally about two people and their child. And so the two people are Charlie Barber, played by Adam Driver, and Nicole Barber, played by Scarlett Johansson. Oh, sidebar. There was Nicole Barber in my high school. Oh. One year older. Did no, she, she have... was younger. Nancy was one year older and Nikki, Nikki Barber, one year younger. And then they have a son named Henry, who's very cute. And you must have been going crazy because yeah. you have a son who's about the same who age. Is eight years yeah, old. Yeah, and also has big brown eyes. Yeah. It really yes. like got me right and, in that. And you and Joel, your family setup is like the same, mm-hmm. except you're not in, you know, show business. Right. I'm a stage well, and you theater are... actress and my husband is a lauded Broadway director. I'm going to say you are sort of in show business, but not on the stage. Oh, my God. In the most basic way. (laughs) They are both theater people. He runs a theater company in New York, and she is his chief actress. And they're fairly successful, but, you know, in a theater-y way. And they live in an apartment in New York. They're getting little awards here and there. They're critically acclaimed. But for whatever reason, and there is this nice little conceit at the beginning where they're talking about their favorite things about each other. And so it really helps to kind of lay the groundwork for her and him. And then you find out that they're actually seeing a counselor and it's an exercise the counselor has prescribed for them. So then as things unfold, it turns out that Nicole's at this point in her career where she's been offered a TV pilot and she's originally from L.A. So she flies out to L.A. and she takes the little boy with her to stay with her family and film this pilot. He stays in New York. While she's in L.A., she meets a lawyer and decides to serve him with divorce papers, even though they've agreed to get divorced without lawyers. So then he has to get a lawyer. And then the whole divorce gets just awful and loaded and ugly and charged. And at the heart of it is where Henry's going to live and who is going to end up having custody of him. And it's just wrenching watching them go through this. And it basically covers a year. So it starts on Halloween and it kind of ends a year later on Halloween. And you see the way that they've evolved into two people with different lives. And that's what it's about. There's a lot to say about this movie. So much. I mean, I would call it, it's a Woody Allen movie. Oh my it's God. New, it's, That's is, what I was thinking yeah, too. It's a relationship movie. About privileged white people. Yes. It's like a Fosse Verdon story too mm-hmm. with his career is supported more than hers. But she got famous by being in a teen sex comedy, they called it. In this movie, she they show her on the stairs and she like, shows her boobs, pulls up her shirt, and then she became super famous for that. But she describes her experiences like she had a boyfriend, she was going to be a movie star, but then she went to New York and saw this play in someone's apartment and fell in love with. Charlie just transported her into a different kind of life. I thought that was really thought out well, because if you become famous for something like that, I mean, she is so exposed I mean, she literally exposed herself, and as a woman, she would have been, like, eaten up, ground up, and chewed up by the patriarchy machine. I think it's natural you would have an instinct to maybe pair up with a strong man 
a really masculine guy who's a director and kind of go along with him. He could be like a shield for you. And so you could avoid or have some protection against eating up and spit out and have like a more serious career in the theater. And it helped his theater because the name recognition Mm -hmm. helped his career and helped get him famous. So they really were a perfect match pretty much, I think, when they got together. Yeah. And they clearly have high regard for each other's creative talents and complement each other in a lot of ways initially. And you see that kind of in the the storytelling that they're doing and and also the conversations that they're having with their lawyers. So the whole film is constructed for lots of conversation and revelation about the way that they relate to each other. And it all felt really believable to me on both sides. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, it felt like... Noah Baumbach had to write in some extra women's Libby stuff, you know. Laura Dern plays her lawyer, and I love Laura Dern, and she's great. Yes. Nora, and she has a few times where she really gets to, you know, underscore how women are held to a different standard and women have to be perfect mothers and that she's in this for women and blah, 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 which I totally liked and I totally got. But also I was like, this is still written by a man. Yeah. And it's well, you, Noah Baumbach. It was Women's Studies 101 stuff right. that we also saw in the last duel where a man discovers feminism yes. and believes it it exists and it's like hey let's put this in the movie and for you know if you've been living as a woman for 49 years you're like yep for mm-hmm. decades 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 so it seems a little pedantic or yeah. just like basic yes. but also being like hey look what i'm putting in a movie that is great that he's putting it in a movie and i tip my hat just spell it out because a lot of people still don't believe mm-hmm. that that exists mm-hmm. or believe in discrimination on mm-hmm. gender. So just put it out there. So the whole issue that Nicole has and the reason that she wants to be divorced is she feels like his theater company and his career is kind of eclipsing hers. And that doesn't bother her so much as the fact that he doesn't even recognize that she doesn't have anything for herself. Instead of them showing it, she's explaining this to her lawyer, which I thought was an interesting choice, that she gets this pilot in LA and she wants to go to LA and he makes fun of it. And he thinks that the income that she's going to get can go back into supporting his theater company. And that's her moment when she's like, you are selfish and I am leaving. Then also it turns out that he had an affair with their stage manager at the theater company. But despite all of that, his character is so bewildered. And it feels like when you watch this journey that he's the one who's making all the sacrifices. He's spending all this money to fly to California to see their kid. He has to rent an apartment. He has a really hard time finding a lawyer, which she might partly be responsible for. And it just seems like he's completely upending his life and she's kind of realizing herself. And when I was watching it, I felt so sorry for Charlie all the time, the whole time I was watching it, even though if I were in her position, I would be like, fuck you, like I'm finally realizing my goals. And we see at the end that she's actually started directing and she gets an Emmy nomination. And she is clearly so happy being home with her family and being around her mother and her sister. And her son seems really happy. And, you know, he's just like this grumpy New Yorker who doesn't want to drive anywhere. And it just seems like he's sacrificing a lot for her. And even though as a woman, I was so sympathetic with her narrative I still felt really sorry for Charlie at the end I don't know if that's great acting or the way that Noah Baumbach positions the two characters Nicole's point of view definitely gets time in the movie but the sympathy really lies with Charlie 
it's really his movie. And I mean, I think it's realistic. Okay, so he was a narcissist and there's nobody to challenge it really except maybe your wife or something. And it can just be so much work to try to be heard. I mean, there are some relationships, probably a lot of relationships where one person's just kind of silenced. They just can't get through to the other person. Like the one person's living their life the other person is trying to live their life, but also like living the other person's life. She almost couldn't even articulate it until she had separated from him and had someone who was sort of on her side. She's not as sympathetic, and she definitely did some cutthroat moves. I don't think she would have, but she was encouraged by people and like her friend, like you got to use this lawyer, but it's hard not to judge her more harshly. I kept being like, where is the narcissistic behavior here? With him, there's one moment at the beginning where he gives her a note on her performance, even though she's not going to be performing in the play anymore. And you can see it just like cuts her. And that was the one moment where I was like, oh, he is kind of a narcissist. Who cares? But the rest of the time, it just seems like he's sacrificing so much. To They keep saying he's a narcissist. He's a narcissist. But like her mother loves him and her sister loves him. And he keeps flying to California. It's still like her word against his actions. And his actions seem so kind, motivated by wanting to be a good father. I feel like if they had shown the moments of narcissism more clearly, then it would have felt more balanced because my sympathies were still totally with him by the end of the movie, even though he didn't make any compromises until she had to take that extreme action of filing for divorce. I mean, it seems like their marriage could have been saved. And I almost feel bad for, you know, anyone who gets divorced when they have a small child. Because that is such a pressure. Brutal. And it fundamentally changes the dynamics of your relationship so much and how much you have to do and how much you have to work together. Not judging anyone who gets divorced. That's totally fine. But it does seem like they could have worked it out. They definitely had enough there. Like yeah. If he would have been able to compromise more yes. while they were married, I don't think it would have taken that much effort on his part. She wouldn't have grown cold to him and felt like the only way she could get what she wanted for her life was like a total split. Yeah. And the cheating thing, once that's out there, a lot of times your relationship just is ruined and it's just a matter of time before it ends. By the end, he's come to the place that she wanted him to be at two Mm -hmm. years earlier. And again, as a woman, I completely sympathize with that frustration. It just takes men so much longer emotionally to understand that dynamics between people speaking for my own husband he is so great in so many ways but like grasping the nuance of a situation and the subtleties of it it just takes him so much longer to get there I don't know what that is but it seems like by the end he's there kind of I have to say the movie was so well constructed though I mean Mm -hmm. every little piece had a meaning and so the same thing that they're reading at the beginning the son is reading at the end to the father And it's devastating. And you feel like they're crying because he's realizing. I'm going to cry thinking about it. I know. He's crying. He's helping the son read this essay that the mother wrote about him. And you can tell, like, they're all crying because they all realize that there's all that love there. And if two years ago, now you're going to make me cry too. He had been able to grasp that situation because by the end, he's accepted a residency at UCLA so he can be closer to Henry, which is really all she ever wanted anyway. 
Well, in New York City can be kind of a cult. Like people just don't want to leave there and they think they can't. And if people leave it, their New York friends are like, you betrayed us. How could you do this? How could you leave New York City? And it was a really funny running joke about the space. Everyone in LA, there's more space. I, I love New York. I also love LA. It is so fun. I mean, I have family I can visit there. So I've never lived there, but we just stay in such a beautiful place. And the flowering bushes and the cactuses and it's just so gorgeous and it is kind of a pain when you have to drive somewhere because it takes so long I think it's really fun my experience of it as a tourist I've never spent any time in LA and I'm from the east coast and I feel that New York thing and now the more as we're talking about it the more I'm like it is Annie Hall like that movie is Annie Mm -hmm. Hall yeah except with a kid it totally is and just the joy and pain of relationships yeah But the kid part was wrenching. Watching that was like, I just, I can't ever get divorced. I just, I can't. It's awful. The things that they both go through and the nastiness and everything, it just, that really made me cry. Yeah, it's no picnic. I mean, you can adjust to new people in your lives and step parents and stuff, but it's sort of never the same as like your core family. We should also talk about Adam Driver's bigness because you see his bigness a lot in this because this little boy is with him so much and he's this giant man and he's in these apartments and these spaces like he clearly doesn't have enough space. There's this one part where he's with his first lawyer played by Alan Alda, who I love. I do too. And Alan Alda takes him into another room because they're at this really tense point in the negotiation. And he's like, what you have to remember is this is all temporary. Like if you give on L.A. now, everything else can go away and you can figure it out. And Henry's going to keep growing and things will change and you can change. But he just can't let it go. I know. Alan Alda was right about everything. He was right about everything. And then he gets this shithead lawyer played by Ray Liotta, who I also love. (laughs) I love Ray Liotta. I loved all the extra actors. Oh, you know who I love? The mom. Yes, because you know what she was in? Airplane. Yes. She was so good. She's I know. She's in Airplane. Julie Haggerty, I think, is her name. Yeah, I had my IMDb open the whole time. I was like, that voice, that voice, voice that time. voice. I know. And I didn't figure it out yeah, until Julie Haggerty. I read about it later. Mm-hmm. I also loved, I don't know if you saw, but the judge also is someone who is really funny. He's in Drunk History, and he's also in The Mighty Boosh with Noel Fielding. Which... Oh, I watched that. And what about the social worker? Her real name is Martha. She's in Baskets with oh, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. And I guess she's an old friend of his from like the stand-up comedy scene. I haven't seen all of Baskets, but it's so funny. And she's so good in it in her deadpan. Martha Kelly as Nancy <clears throat> Katz, the evaluator. Yeah. I also like the sister, too. I did, too. She's in a ton of stuff. Yeah, all of the actors in it were just really great. Wallace Shawn pops up as Mr. New York old school actor. Who was Beth? In the movie, because she was Sophie in Frances Ha, and I read about her, and it turns out she's Sting's daughter. I think she might have been Laura Dern's assistant or something. Oh, I don't know. I don't know who she was, but uh, I learned that back referring to our Frances Ha. Yeah. So I didn't come across that tidbit at the time. I really enjoyed it. I was crying my eyes out at the end. I can never get divorced. It's almost like an explainer, like a documentary about divorce. About why you should never get divorced. Yeah, and how the legal system works. They had that big argument in the apartment. She's like, you shouldn't have got that lawyer. And he's like, I needed my own asshole lawyer. And explains a lot about how divorce works. 
things that you don't know when you get married. I mean, if someone explained that stuff when you get married, if you get divorced, this is how it works. And you have to pay your 30% of your wife's lawyer's fees. You probably wouldn't do it. I wonder if that's California law or if no, that's No, I've a... heard that in other places too. It just seemed just horrible. And that poor little boy was so cute I and know. so sweet. And so tired. I out know. By the whole Constantly switching. tired. I know. When he sleeps in bed with his parents and those little bony arms and those little bony knees. Mm, it guns your body. Just like melt your heart. He was so cute. My girls are nine. I mean, they're similar to that age, too. I just wouldn't want them to go through something like that. I remember you talking about some of the moments, like we always have our favorite little Adam Driver physical moments, Mm -hmm. but there's this part pretty soon in the beginning where he flies out for Halloween and he dresses Mm -hmm. up as the Invisible Man. Do you want to talk about that? Henry's going to do Halloween with the cousins. And then after bedtime, then he was going to get to go with him and he doesn't live near houses and he was driving him around, but he had dressed up as the Invisible Man and when he puts his costume on before he answers the door he does this weird he like turns emotion. himself inside out yeah he kind gets of. into character i loved that moment i was watching it for the second time and so emotionally it was a little easier to take i could enjoy it more so even though you can recognize it's a good movie i was hesitant to watch it again for a long time because i didn't want to go through that emotionally but i went through it less and i could appreciate more what a good movie it was it was good the physicality of him is good. Scarlett Johansson is so petite. Five three. Yeah, she's just little three. and he's this big rangy guy. And there's the little boy. And then he has a lot of those moments that you see in other things. Like he picks up Julie Haggerty and throws oh, her over yes, his yes, shoulder. Yes. He calls her Gima. And then yeah, he's gotta go into this little breakout room with Alan Alda and he's huge in the room. And there's another scene where he's sleeping with his son in a little single bed and it he's just this little little guy with this giant dad at the end when they're trick-or-treating for the second time and everybody is dressed up as the Beatles, but he doesn't have he's a ghost he's, he's a ghost totally covered and up. he's huge <laughs> yes. like behind them like they're these colorful little sergeant pepper, sergeant pepper yeah. people and then they had there's this like giant man with a sheet looming behind them i know those great details it's so thoughtful Okay, so here's one thing that I want to talk about, too. So after the divorce, he's back with his friends in New York, and he's at like a, who knows, like a bistro with them. It seems like it's right after a play. And there's a guy who starts playing the music from Being Alive, from a Stephen Sondheim from Company. Have you seen Company? No. The little song and dance that... Nicole and her mom and sister did is also from Company. Oh. I mean, I've heard people talk about how great Stephen Sondheim was for a long time, but I've never really seen a lot. I mean, but West Side Story. Into the woods. (laughs) I just noticed that I loved the lyrics and the rhymes. I guess he has a thing about perfect Mm -hmm. rhymes or something. But I thought the lyrics in the songs were really, that's something I really like about the Encanto soundtrack. Sondheim-esque. I heard Lin-Manuel Miranda talking about Stephen Sondheim on Fresh Air with Terry Gross. Okay. And he met Stephen Sondheim a few times, and Stephen Sondheim actually helped him with some of his lyrics. And the same way that Lin-Manuel Miranda also plays with words and rhythm a lot, like that's his whole thing. Oh, yeah. And he's talked a lot about using different words and sounds that help him with breath control and things. Like he's really thoughtful about when you're rapping and you have a long stream of words, there are some words that are harder to enunciate and take breaths on. 
one of Lin-Manuel Miranda's first musical roles was in a Stephen Sondheim musical, and it had this really complex song that he had to sing over the sound of a typewriter. Mm. And like the typewriter made the rhythm, and it had all these staccato sounds on it. So it totally makes sense that Encanto has that. Also... It's Terry Gross bait because she fucking loves Stephen Sondheim, which gets me to my little Adam Driver controversy Mm -hmm. because when he was promoting Marriage Story, he went on Fresh Air and Terry Gross really, really, really wanted to play a clip of him singing Being Alive and he walked out because he hates listening to himself perform. I kind of was like, Adam Driver, if you know anything about Terry Gross, you know she loves Stephen Sondheim. They should make up. I think they should make up, too. I think both of them were probably a little bit at fault. But she did a week-long tribute to Stephen Sondheim when he died. She can't believe him. I think something about Adam Driver. He can't really push his boundaries too far. Although he let it ride with that stupid popcorn interview where the guy made him sing, and he clearly didn't want to. Lin-Manuel Miranda is the new Stephen Sondheim. Noah Baumbach is the new Woody Allen. I love that scene. And I love him singing. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot better this time. The first time I was a little cringy to me, but I don't know. I had just been through so much. I couldn't. (laughs) I just couldn't deal probably. I don't really know what it had to do with the movie that much, except that it's reminding us that they're both theater people and they're both united by the community of the theater. And he's in New York City. And it's a moment when he gets to show himself and his happy place i don't know i, I think it's tell. the whole theme of the movie that being alive is loving someone and i'm gonna yeah. cry <laughs> having an end <laughs> it really got me in the old pumper i'll tell you what i will say i think adam driver can sing just fine but i wouldn't mm-hmm. say he has like the voice of an angel no you know, he's not justin timberlake or anything no <laughs> he's got a real nasal i like that about him he can sing a note in his big hands. He does this thing too a lot. He holds up the palm of his hand when he's talking. I don't see most people when they Hmm. sing, they like have it out flat, but he holds his up like a stop. Hand acting. His hands are so big. Yeah. He does a lot of hand acting, Mm -hmm. hair acting. Mm -hmm. And we haven't even talked about the hair content. Yeah. What did you think of his hair? I didn't think it was always the best. I mean, it's like thick and lustrous as always. But that's the style. Yeah. It's a little frumpy. That was sort of his style. Baggy pants with a belt and button down shirt. Also very Woody Allen-ish. I just I appreciated. That's not triggering to just talk about Woody Allen without the sex offendery stuff. I don't think it's a surprise to anyone because we've talked about Woody Allen and our complicated feelings about him before. I think Mia Farrow actually saved Woody Allen. People probably think she ruined his life, but he clearly was on a path of more and more sexual abuse of a child. He was pushing it farther and farther. If he wouldn't have been stopped, it would have been even so much worse. It was going in one direction. And he was already having a sexual relationship with Sun Yi, another daughter. So my view is she saved his life, even though in a way she brought this out into the open. But he did make some great movies. So far, Noah Baumbach is not a sex offender. Fingers crossed. Worst, he was like maybe like a, a bad husband who was not perceptive. I read a really good article about a guy who went through a divorce. He said, my wife divorced me because I didn't do the dishes. Oh, I read that too. You read that. And the one about the guy who leaves the dish next to the sink. He leaves his glass next to the sink. Well, now he coaches other men. 
And I'm like, this is it. This is the thing. Because things that I think men don't think are important, you know, as a wife in like a heterosexual relationship, you're asking someone to do something that you, is important you want to you. And, and then if that's ignored, you've tried multiple times. And then the woman is eventually like, okay, I'm just, we're just going to get a divorce. Yeah. And the man acts like it's the first thing what? he's heard what? of any yeah. problem at all in the relationship. But she's probably been saying it, saying it nicely, saying it indirectly, writing it on a list doing a note. So trying everything and either just being not listened to and then yelling about it. The husband will be like, why are you yelling about it? You know, it's still not hearing it mm-hmm. and just not hearing. It. Eventually, you're just like, I give up. And I guess we have to split up because yeah. I think you're never going to listen to me. And then at that point, when she leaves him, then the husband's like, what? Totally oh. bewildered. Oh, because of the dishes, still kind of not hearing it. And this right. guy was counseling other guys. If someone asks you to do something, it's not about your reaction to it. You can listen to it and do it. And I was like, this is what, this is the type of counseling that needs to happen. You I know. know. In the article I read, he had this constant ongoing battle with his wife about leaving a glass next to the sink every night instead of putting it in the dishwasher. And he didn't understand why it was such a big deal. But then what he finally figured out after she left him was, if you don't respect my feelings about this one thing that's so easy to do, then what can I... Then what about my career? Right. Or like, what if I need support in some other way? You're not hearing me. And it's so frustrating. And I, yes, I absolutely saw that in this. I just kept wondering, okay, two things. One, I kept wondering, Noah Baumbach has made a lot. Have you ever seen The Squid and the Whale? I have, but it was so long ago. I can't really That movie destroyed me too. And Uh it's it's about a couple getting divorced and they live in New York and they have a little boy. And I just wonder what is happening in Noah Baumbach's internal narrative. There's something weird there. Especially with men, he's trying, he has a story to tell. And I don't know. Eventually he'll get there, maybe. Maybe he's got to have that sink glass moment. Well, now he's with Greta Gerwig, and people question a lot if this was autobiographical and if they started their relationship while he was still married. They claim they didn't. It probably doesn't matter. And I think he supports her, but, and he, they've collaborated. I think he could do more. I've seen men do this, and sometimes people, do it when you meet them. They like don't say their wife's name. They say she or her. And I've heard him do this. Hmm. And I don't know if it's like an editing thing. You need to say her name. You need to promote and support her even more. Like I think he knows, but if her star rises, they might split up eventually too. And you know, people split up. It's not the end of the world. You know what happens, but He's working it out. He definitely researches it and he can listen. I mean, he sees there's another side. Mm-hmm. He's definitely on the male experience side. And also a guy who he's really allowed to make kind of do whatever he wants, make the same movie like over yeah. and over and over again. And I like it, but I think he's indulged, you know, one of the people who is like called a genius a lot. 
mm-hmm. like the guy in Don Quixote, mm-hmm. the Adam Driver character. His character, Charlie, wins a genius grant, a MacArthur mm-hmm. genius grant. And I had forgotten that because I felt bad for him when he was writing out a check for $25,000. But actually, that's over $600,000. I'm like, he could afford that divorce and, and See, the lawyers. I used to work in an organization where I wrote a lot of federal grants. And I was like, there's no fucking way that they are going to be able to get grant money. Like, that is, that is federally prescribed. I was so confused about that. Maybe a genius grant is different, but... You don't apply for it. I don't think. I think you just, they just let you think, know. Yeah. Like and you're you, going to get this money. Uh, you're not required to do anything with it. You can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. You can never work again and just live on the money. You don't have no, to. I don't think you could live on that for the rest of your well, life. Well, no, no, no. I mean, but really maybe. cheap, maybe. If, <laughs> if you like move to an island with no electricity. I think there's no rules on a genius grant. Yeah. So the hair, I did, I just liked the hair cutting content. Oh, yes. The wife, which, see, I can't remember her name. Nicole. Nicole. Always cut their hair, everyone's in the family. That's such an intimate, sweet thing to do. Although I didn't like the way she cut her own hair. I like the scene at her pilot, and they're putting weird masks on her face, and she's holding a fake baby. And just how everyone's in the crew are talking about her like a piece of meat. They're like, her body looks great, and... I was on TV one time for when I had this the store, mm-hmm. and me and my business partner were doing a segment on HGTV. I never saw it, and I will never see it. I'm like an Adam Driver, oh. even though I was so much younger then. I would probably. I bet not your chin mind looked it. great. Yeah, my neck was probably so much skinnier, but it was the same. They're just like as they're filming, they're talking about you. So, oh, it, really? Sure, yeah, like how it looks on screen, and you know. It's really weird. So I'm sure any model or anyone just having the crew talk about you. Her body looks great. Yeah. Oh, she's done this or that. And you're standing right there and you can't really respond. I like that scene. Yeah. Smart details. Lots of good good scenes. Yes. Very rich. I think anybody who is married and has a child will watch this and cry. I think it could save marriages. Do you think? I don't. Actually, we should ask our husbands to watch it and tell us what they think. Because I think my husband would watch it and be like, oh, poor Charlie. Yeah, yeah. I think a a lot of men watching it would have the same thing. They wouldn't hear the Nicole side of it or take it seriously. They'd just be like, oh, well, that's not a good enough reason. And Mm -hmm. again, it doesn't matter if you think it's a good enough reason or your response to it. You need to like take that in. He was going to take her all her money. For his project. It's like if she earned yeah. the money, wouldn't she have a say in where they were going to live and what they were going to do? But somehow it does come off as less sympathetic. And uh, Laura Dern, she's a little shrill or something. You know, she's yep. like kind of a woman that people would love to hate. Oh, yeah. Lawyer, I mean, in the first scene, she's wearing bitch. these red yeah. stiletto heels. And then there are these things that seem really practiced and rehearsed about her, like ScarJo starts crying and she kicks them off and then like mm-hmm. snuggles with her on the couch. And then at the end, there's this party where she kind of lets rip that instead of 50-50, she got her 55 and 45 just because she could, mm-hmm. you know, so that she's not she's not a totally nice, she's sympathetic. a good yeah. lawyer. Yeah. She's a shark, though. Yeah, for sure. I do really wonder about that choice that they don't show Charlie at his worst. They Mm -hmm. don't show him making fun of TV. They show one moment of he comes home and turns on the TV and she's like, you think the pilot is bad, don't you? And then he says, I don't know. I don't watch TV. And then like 
she looks at the TV. You know, they're a couple, parents together, and work together, and him is the director. That's totally out of whack. Yeah. No wonder they got divorced. Yeah, that was that's so a hard one, relationship. One-sided with the power. Your husband being able to correct you about your work. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not your space. I mean, your work and your career, that should be your space. Yes. That he's not like your boss. He was her boss. You know, the famous scene in the apartment where they're fighting. She's like, you agreed that we were going to enroll Henry in school while I was out here filming the pilot. I think we said that that meant that we were going to try living here for a while. And he's like, well, I wasn't privy to that. I've had that conversation with so many men where they've been like, you didn't tell me that. It's like, you didn't hear yeah, it. Yeah, you didn't. And I, I and it's it. so frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's the most frustrating thing. At one point, she's like, you gaslit me. And, and that, I think, is where that comes. You only feel him as like a great dad and super great director. And trying so Great in hard. every way. Yeah. yeah. And like the mom loves, you know, the grandma, Jima loves him and... There's a window that can close, though, mm-hmm. in your efforts. Mm-hmm. But maybe they will get back together. I wondered I think about that, that. Is still an option. Noah Baumbach seems to have a pretty good relationship with his ex, Jennifer Jason Lee. Well, Scarlett Johansson had been divorced twice already by the time they made this movie. Oh. Her first husband is Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I think that's right. Is she married to Colin Jost or are yeah, they just dating? she's married to Colin Jost. So what about Myrowitz? Oh, Myrowitz stories? Myrowitz stories. So let's just explain Adam Driver's role. Okay. Ben Stiller plays... Like an accountant or something? No, well, he's a wealth manager for super rich slash celebrity people. And he's, again, a dad based in L.A., but then the family's in New York. He's trying to, like, maintain a relationship with his five-year-old kid on the phone. And at one point, Adam Sandler's character is like, kids hate phones. They won't do that. And I'm like, yeah, right. Because they think it's so boring and they won't. But as they get older, they can do it more. They just can't have a conversation like that. That's not a thing to do. That's just grown-up talking. It's boring. Anyway, so he's like the Noah Baumbach character. And one of his clients is Adam Driver, who is a musician. Mm-hmm. And he's managing his wealth. And he's not letting him build a pool in this he building he bought. He wants a saltwater pool. Yeah, because he can't afford it. So he's kind of a daddy to Adam Driver. And Adam Driver has a great scene in it, and he hugs him, and he's real likable and nice and really cute. Mm-hmm. Very cute mm-hmm. scene for him. He has his own coffee brand. That's it. Yep. It's just a blip. Guess what I did? What? I just fast-forwarded a... to the scene. I didn't watch the whole movie. Oh, you didn't watch the whole movie. Oh, wow. It's like so similar in the way where it's a whole movie leading up to a very big argument between Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller, kind of like the marriage story big argument where you say just your deepest thoughts. And I think Noah Baumbach loves to do this, and it's all out there. And then you can move on from there. I think he thinks this is a good thing. Well, also in While We're Young at that gala, Mm -hmm. this big where you say everything. I think it's a... And complicated family relationships between men. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a dangerous game. I think sometimes if you say everything you thought, like, I wish you were dead, things like that, which was in Marriage Story, some of that stuff can't be unheard. And I don't know. I think you can destroy relationships by saying everything sometimes i mean but in a movie you can 
Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just the catharsis of being mm-hmm. able to do it in a movie where mm-hmm. you can't really do it in real life. And I'm very sensitive. I mean, I got my hair done and this woman was slightly critical. I'm real sensitive. I can't unhear things. And even though this was not a big deal, it kind of was to me and I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. And if someone said to me, I wake up in the morning and wish you were dead, I mean, I'd be like, okay, we never speak again. Yeah, I'll try to pick up the pieces somehow and live. I couldn't stand it. So maybe like if you're a real tough person emotionally, or maybe if you have like some kind of super solid foundation of self-esteem or something that you can hear things and not be so hurt that you yeah. couldn't or go like on. You're a New Yorker and you're used to people yelling at you a lot. Maybe that's it. If someone said stuff like that to you, like these oh. these blowout arguments, could you move forward and like that, that that was great we cleared the air which i feel like is the vibe of these arguments that it's good to just say all those things and probably in a way it is but it might be better for the person saying them than the person receiving yes. them definitely had some blowout arguments with my sister and my mother like that yeah family and then you can move on without mm-hmm. the relationship being damaged mm-hmm. i th- think so it depends on the person so i'm a little bit too sensitive for these arguments if i was no i'm sensitive to them i i also think i've lived in the midwest long enough now where i am maybe more sensitive to words now i'm so careful i don't know that you don't say enough it's hard to know where that line is i was just thinking about the gaslighting thing i work with these two knuckleheads who i know i've told you about but they both have this tendency to absolutely say things like you didn't email me that But then I can go back into the email, and yes, I did email you that. But then I feel petty. But now what I do is I do petty emails back to them where I say, be sending this. But when they do it in the conversation, I'm like, oh, my God, it was totally my fault. Yeah, and that's leveraging a system of power. Their status as a man speaking to a woman being like, I didn't remember that, so that means it's your fault and you didn't do it. And then you can be like... Resending this, but you know, that can have blowback on you. So whenever I do things like that, which are just basic standing up for yourself at work, like didn't get the invite for that meeting, it almost crushes me because I'm, I know I'm going to look like the bad guy. And that's why I think young people sometimes have an advantage in stuff like that because they don't have that long view of experiencing that blowback so many times Mm -hmm. that they can just react But I get nervous if I am put in a position where I have to defend myself or stand up for myself. You can already anticipate how you're going to feel like two days from now and a week from now and the conversations you're going to have with other people. And how it's not. It clutters everything. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily help you. No. You have to do it. You're like put in the situation where you have to do it. But first of all, you were put in this bad situation. Then you're put in a situation when you, where you can't really defend yourself. And there's no good option except to say nothing. And then mm-hmm. it's just going to keep happening. And, mm-hmm. So there's like no good outcome. Mm-hmm. I haven't figured out how really to figure it out. I mean, I think maybe being super breezy about the standing up for yourself. And I hate that I have to do this yeah. kind of gymnastics no, I know, that me I too. can't like, just how react. How can I make this into a funny joke or like a little yeah. tease or something that won't... It is weird. It makes me think of another conversation we've had about how satisfying it is to see Kylo Ren just have like a moment of cleansing anger and that there's no way we can do that in real life. Yeah, absolutely. I love that Kylo Ren anger and also his fake anger where he really just wants to see Rey. 
and mm-hmm. have an awesome fight with her, but not kill her so he can mm-hmm. someday kiss her. Mm-hmm. So Myrovich, I'm still not saying it. I think it's Myrovitz. It's good. Yeah, another guy movie about guys. I guess he started working on In His Mind Marriage Story when he was wrapping that movie. They're linked in that Adam way. Driver is his muse. Possibly. I think he loves to work with Adam Driver as a stand-in for himself. Mm -hmm. And who wouldn't? Mm -hmm. If you're casting someone as yourself and you're like Noah Baumbach. He puts a giant bear of a man in there. Yeah, but also someone who's like not perfectly handsome. It doesn't make you look like a jerk. Like if I were going to make a movie about myself, I'm like, well, obviously J-Lo is going to play me. Mm -hmm. I mean, then that seems a little bit like, well. Is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it's almost a little bit of humility for him to choose Adam Driver. He's not like John Hamm or somebody, which wouldn't work in that role at all. A little bit more self-deprecating. We compare him to John Hamm a lot. Yeah, he comes up. So what about ratings? Am I going to give this one five combs? I think I am. Yeah, I'm definitely going to give it five combs. I'd give Myrovitz five combs too. Maybe four. I only watched some, that one scene. It's a really good movie. There's mm-hmm. some really fun stuff in it. Like the daughter makes these films. Yeah, I watched that Did a little bit. Yeah. And they're really disturbing. And Adam Sandler is like, they're not unpornographic, like he's warning someone. But yeah, it's another, it's a genre movie and yeah. other New York people. Jed, Jed Hirsch looks good in it. He keeps popping in and out. I saw that in my little fast forwarding. Dustin, I like Jed Hirsch. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman's kind of been canceled, I think, yeah. but he's really good in it. Yeah. He's very good performance. And there's a sister that's fun. Her name is Elizabeth Marvel. I recommend it. I mean, if you just want to watch a good movie to watch the whole thing. Okay, I'll think about it. What are we going to do next? I think we need to press our listeners into service. I think what we should do is just look at a year and watch scenes from early movies one by one in like 2012 to 2014 or whatever it is. Or I would be fine with going back to Girls. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's not even that many movies left. There's only J. Edgar and... Which I've watched. and Lincoln. Maybe Little Miss Sunshine. There's a glimpse or something. There's some kind of show about Dr. Kevorkian hmm. called You Don't Know Jack. And then there's like a voiceover thing for some other movie. That's it for movies. Then like his short film. So I don't even know. I mean, maybe, maybe we should we'll... just watch the first season of Girls next. Yeah, I'm into that. Once we've exhausted everything by Adam Driver, we could go back and, you know, do something about the bit parts. I still have a goal of creating an omnibus of glimpses of Adam Driver. Yeah. Like a little, like a, or a supercut. That's what they call it. Yeah. I'm confused about, like, if you search for Adam Driver movies, and also on Wikipedia, Little Miss Sunshine does not come up. But if you search for Adam Driver roles, it does. So I don't know. I would be willing to take that on and just watch it to see if there's a glimpse. See if he's really in it or not. Or maybe... Someone who looks like him is in it. I don't know why sometimes that movie pops up on the list. And there's some other movies that I've never heard of that pop up when you search for Adam Driver roles, but that aren't like on Wikipedia. I also wonder if there's a film of that play he was in. (gasps) Oh, yeah. I wonder if you could find that somewhere. Yeah, Burn 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 This. I would love to see that. 
And you know what else there is when he hosted Saturday Night Live? Oh, we could just watch those because he's hosted it like three times. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. Should we just watch those? Like all of them in one episode? Okay. And we can pick our favorite skits. So this is a big jump here. We're moving on to TV. Mm -hmm. And we're going to start with his Saturday Night Live appearances. I love it. I thought he only hosted once. Oh, no. He's hosted more than once. He's like moving up to the five host club. Yeah. Um, which they He's hosted at least twice. Okay. So, great. All right. I'm excited. Okay, good. I'm hungry. Okay. I have to go eat food. All right. Well, thanks for listening to episode 24. <gasps> what? Have a great day. Yay. Bye-bye. Bye.